0: And praying for one another's needs and been asking, uh, you know, if there's been a praise report or something that God uh, perhaps have answered on that prayer sheet. And so uh, I want to have our sister Shelly Storms come up. Amen. And, and also we have uh, just con- uh, concluded our uh, new convert class. And so we'll have our sister Genesis come up and speak on behalf of that as well. Amen. Let's give him a hand.
1: so I want to give a praise report. Um, Many of you guys uh, that grabbed the sheets in the prayer room uh, know I had uh, Joshua on there for like continued spiritual growth and uh, getting a raise at his job, and I did not tell him that I put him on there because he would not like that. (laughs) So um, within a couple days, though, of the prayer sheet being out, um, I was on the phone with him, and he was telling me that he was going to fast like for three days for spiritual growth, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's 18. Like, that's, you know, 18-year-old boys, they like their food. <laughs> so that's a big deal for him. And then um, that Friday, I think it was like six or seven days after the prayer sheet went out, he calls me and he's all excited. And he told me he got a two and a half dollar raise at his job for per hour. And I was like, wow. And then just this last Friday, he called me and he said he got a $500 bonus. I'm like, man. So it works. Um, God you know God hears our prayers, and He is faithful um, to hear them and to bless us. and so I encourage you if you have needs and you feel like, "Oh, I don't want to put my business out there." If people aren't, that sheet is not for people to be nosy. It's for them to pray and contend for you and be a blessing for you.
0: Amen. I'm Genesea, for everybody who don't know me.) Um, like I got to say, a couple months ago, and I've been going to almost every newcomer class. I ain't going to lie, I missed, like, two. Um, but going to the newcomer class, I didn't really expect nothing from it because I just thought it was, like, a class. And, you know, I'm in school, so when I be going to class, I really don't be thinking I'm learning nothing. You kind of just sit there and listen to them talking, and you go on about your ways. But then I noticed, like, as I started witnessing to people and talking to people more about God, there was things that I was saying. I'm like, they didn't come from me that came from Curtis, or that came from Pastor Howard. And I know I used to call Sally, and I'd be like, I want you to know I took your husband's verse. He said this, and I said it to somebody else, and it worked. Like, I'd be up, man, look, I'm trying to tell you, I learned how to pray better. I remember this talking about praying, and I was like, man, I'm praying wrong the whole time. <laughs> I started praying, but I'm like, dang, I hope Jesus hear me now. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was just a little mistake, a little mishap. Um. But, you know, it really just started teaching me stuff, and you don't realize that you're learning anything, but, you know, you're still being fed there. And I know another thing that it changed was really, like, my attitude, because even though I had found salvation, I wasn't really just, like, into the whole, you know, going to every service, you know, going to class. Like, I like my sleep. I like my bed. I'm an introvert. I don't like being around people. Like, if I could stay in the house all day, I would, but I can't. And I know the more I pushed myself to go out there, the more I started to listen. You know, it was just kind of like God was really moving in me. And as he was feeding me his word, as I was learning his word and just retaining it, I just really started to just see this difference in my attitude. Like, I actually, I'm happy to come here. I'm happy to give offering. Like, I don't want to come to a a service and not have an offering or not have a tithe. Like, I want to give. I want to be in the house of God and do this for the kingdom of God. So... Amen. Praise God! Awesome testimonies. Like I said, prayer works. Amen. And as we pray for one another, really believe God by faith that uh, those prayers will be uh, answered. And so, without further ado, Amen. Let's give Pastor Nixon a warm welcome as he preached the gospel to us. It. Here
2: we go again. Hey, I'm on. Glory to God. Come on, be my hearing. Getting old there. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I appreciate those testimonies. Appreciate the opportunity to stand in my pastor's pulpit and, and preach. I know, kind of a light thing. I'll tell you what, you, you guys, the testimony set me up for what I'm preaching tonight. And so I feel good. The Holy Spirit is here, is going to meet with us. Amen. So, you know, situated within the Mojave Desert in eastern California is the lowest and the driest, the hottest location in North America. I've actually been there. When I was in the Army, they gave me an opportunity. I was volunteered. you will go there for 40 days. Uh, and so I got to experience in the winter or near the winter what Death Valley was like at the National Training Center. On July 10, 1913, in Death Valley, the highest reported temperature Uh, in the Western Hemisphere was recorded at 134 degrees Fahrenheit. That's in Furnace Creek, that's in Death Valley. This was two degrees short of the world record at the time. With a basin of 282 feet below sea level, walled by steep mountain ranges, the dry air, sparse plant cover allows the sun to heat the surface to unbearable temperatures. And get this, the annual, in other words, in one year's time, Precipitation averages only 2.36 inches. You can fit in a cup of water. That's. I've been there in the winter. It looks like if you were put it in black and white, it would like the moon. It would look like I didn't see anything living other than I and my fellow soldiers there, and that was in November. In the summer, it is blazing, blazing hot. You know, life's valleys can be just as hot and dry and cause your life to feel just as barren. In my life, I'll tell you what, I've walked through some valleys that I do not want to go back to. Times where physically I was in pain, hurt, suffering, scorched where emotions get scorched, you get burned by people. Maybe your 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 spiritual energy, your physical energy, your mental energy is depleted. You know I've been there. King David was there. He was very familiar with walking in valleys, which is why he recorded that as he went through his sheep through valleys, just taking care of his father's sheep as he went through life, he went through these valleys that were frequented by robbers, frequented by wild animals, but he did not fear. In fact, he records this in Psalms 23. Yes, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. And we can say the same thing because periodically in our lives, we're going to walk through valleys. Amen? Maybe you're going through one at this point in your life and you said, When am I going to get out of this? You'll find out, you'll see. We live in a world that groans under the curse of sin, that brings damage and effects on people and the natural order of things as God originally intended. People do despicable things, nature is in an upheaval. Others can put us in the valleys. Events in life can put us in the valleys. Sometimes, because of our own disobedience, we put ourselves in those valleys. Can you say amen? Valleys can be painful, but they don't last forever. That's the good news. And at some point, we realize, you know what? Life is not all about this. As we're walking into the mountaintop that God has prepared. Amen? Let's read our text, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Paul writes this, he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Father, I ask you this day that you would, Lord, bless your word, that you would touch and minister to your people, that you would speak a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge, a word of revelation, that you would even confirm things, that that your people here have asked you questions and thought and been troubled about, that you confirm your presence and your promise and your word in their lives, I pray, touch people, touch your word. And I ask you, Father, that you would help me this day, God, in Jesus' name, that you would minister and speak. Amen. First thing I going to look at is a perishing world. And this is not to bum you down, but listen, the reality is that our world is is going to hell. <laughs> The world, if you look at it enough, can get you down. It is very possible that if you just set your mind and your eyes and your sight and your ears on things, that you can become depressed because it's true. The true thing is this. It is not easy living as a Christian in a world that's falling apart because of sin. It can be oppressive. It can be depressing If you are surrounded by bad news, you know, nowadays, I I, I don't even really read a lot of reports in the news. I may scan a headline maybe to get it illustrated, to stay informed. But sometimes, you know what? That's all it takes. I don't need to read this article. I don't need to be that informed about the bad news that's going on. Listen, the truth is this. The world is getting worse, not better. But listen, as it gets worse, here's the good news, is that we don't have to despair. You don't have to go along with that and allow that to get inside you and to affect you and damage you. But the thing is, the truth is that many Christians do despair because they see and hear and are inundated and are just flooded in their mind with the world and the hopelessness that is in it, with the death that is in it. But that is not the will of God. The reality is that there's things in life, the troubles of life, that they can pierce us as thorns do if we allow them to. They can leech away the joy that God wants to give us as we focus on those things. Maybe it's a physical condition that has you down because as we know, sickness is a reality. The Apostle Paul, the one who wrote this, had an eye problem. He was beaten. You can't tell me that unless... I mean, there's a time where they thought he was dead in Lystra. They pray for him and he gets up and you think he says, okay, let's go to another. He goes back into town to witness the preach to the folks who just beat him. Now that sounds crazy, but he wasn't looking at this earth. And God did a miracle. And yes, he still had to deal with things in life, physical things, medical conditions. We have to deal with the fact that, you know what? We can't control how people treat us. You can be nice and kind and, and godly, and there's going to be some devil in human skin who like, thrives on being ill to you. Might be your boss. Sometimes it's the kid's. Someone on your job. Right? Unless someone's a Christian, sometimes you don't hear a lot of hope coming out of their mouths. Some of us, because of these things, we listen to the evil report, and we are convinced, well, this is my lot in life. This is how it's going to be. It's always been this way. In my family growing up, it was this way. They were sick. I'm going to be sick. They were depressed. I'm going to be depressed. Oh, well. Well. There's always gonna be something wrong. I guess I'll just have to deal with it, you know. But I'll die sooner than later. That's a horrible attitude to have. But many do. Many people do not see because they've stopped believing, contending for healing and miracles for others because it hasn't happened to them yet. Maybe you're here and you're dealing with mental or emotional issues. You know, people get to a point where, and we see this in the Bible, where medicine and therapy and nothing seems to work that doctors keep practicing on you. And they're not getting any better. No guarantee of change in sight. But listen, that's not what God says. And despite all those things, as our text says, these things don't have to alter us. They don't have to warp us. The world's cruelty and trials of your life don't have to get inside you and get inside your mind. But we have to convince ourselves, I am not going to settle with this temporary thing. This is not what my whole life is going to be about. I refuse and reject this status quo that the world is trying to push upon me. Proverbs thirteen twelve says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, when your prayers are answered, it's a tree of life. Amen. Listen, keep praying, keep believing, keep hoping. And our verse in verse sixteen, our text says, "Therefore we do not lose heart." Why? Because even though our outward man is perishing, amen. Listen, I've been. I, the medical science says we die. We start dying. Our cells start dying, especially our brain cells, at the age of twenty-seven. Yay! Yeah, great. Might have been dying for a long time then. But the inward man, who we really are, who we're going to be for eternity, is being renewed daily, daily, daily. See, if we're saved, we have hope. Or we ought to have hope. We have a certain expectation of being healed and being renewed. Outwardly we see, we hear death, but inwardly we can be renewed. Amen? I want to talk to you about preserving for the moment. In verse 17, the the Apostle Paul writes, he says, and this is mind-blowing, but you have to consider the context of this man's life. Okay? For our light affliction, which is for but a moment, is working for us a far exceeding eternal weight of glory. Our light, the light things that we, that I and my fellow workers in the gospel have gone through are a light affliction and there's a purpose, there's a cause. It is doing something good in us for eternity. Can you say the same thing? And if you can't, why can't you? This man was beaten. If you read, if you ever have a bad day, you think you have a bad day, go ahead and I think it's 1 Corinthians 13. And read what Paul says on he had on his worst day. Beaten thrice with sticks by my own people. Rejected. Ca- all these things. Thrown in prison. You know, read that and go, okay, I'm not going to complain ever because this has not happened to me once yet. If he can say it's a light affliction, if he can praise God for being counted worthy to allow to go through this and say, this is a light affliction that I'm learning from and it's for a greater spiritual glory an eternal weight of glory, there's something in there that we need to take advantage of and pay attention to. We need to understand that, you know, yes, in this life, there's going to be difficulty. But compared to the glory of heaven, to compare to what we get to do for God, we heard testimonies tonight of God doing miracles. Answer prayer. Short time answer prayer. Something beyond what we could think of. Our sister testified, yeah, I thought it was gonna be like another class. And what has God done? He's grown her, he's stretched her, he's given her wisdom and, and seen power and included her in eternal plans and workings that she never expected. Light affliction, the eternal weight of God's glory. Compared to your tyranny in heaven, your worst day, we're gonna laugh at it. We're gonna wonder. Why was, I so, why was I so whiny? Why, why, why didn't I do more? Why didn't I pray more? Why didn't I see that then? I'm including myself in this, by the way. You know, the difficulties we, say, we, we face, that the devil has planned and ca- to try to cause defeat and depression and doubt, bondage in life, all these things, We should let God take those things and transform them to be our teachers. Amen? To let us see what is the eternal thing, what is the thing that God is allowing this for. Listen, God is sovereign. If something is going on in your life that that even things that you and I put ourselves into, God says, you know what? I can take that and I can make that something where I get glory from. I can take that and be something where I can cause blessing to flow when the enemy but designed to be cursing god can do that but sometimes we have to change what we see we don't see things right the bible says we see through a mirror darkly that god has wanted to change us from glory to glory but we don't see that we just see you ever look like someone has tinted glass on their on their on their car and try to look in who who is that you can't that's us God, what are you trying to do? I'm going through this in life, and I, 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 I can't quite see. You know, it's so where you look in a mirror and you just see that. But God looks in His mirror and he goes, "I see something better. I see your future. I see what you can be. I can see what I'm doing in your life now that you don't you don't see. Can you see the miracle behind the mountain? Amen." See, God will use temporary problems that we experience for eternal purposes, weighty purposes. Think of this, the salvation of the lost. That's a weighty purpose to be involved in. And we all get to be involved in that, to see someone saved. That's amazing. I, I, sis, I can relate to you. I'm an introvert at heart too. If it weren't for Jesus saving me, you could ask my wife. I would no way be doing this. No way. My dream before I got saved was to go hide out in a mountain in New Hampshire and stay away from people. And on a bad day, that is a nice dream. That's a good th- That's when the Holy Spirit goes, ding, 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 ding. I did not save you for that. Knock it off. You'd Be the Unabomber's next brother. You do that mess but that God would use someone like me and let me talk to other people about Him and what He can do? That's amazing. Amen? See, God will allow and use things. You ever ignore the Holy Spirit? God convicts you. Right? Ignore Him. He's trying to tell you to do something, something good, or maybe stop doing something bad, and we just get, yeah, okay, la, 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 I don't hear you. What does the Holy Spirit do? Okay, okay. Here's some life. Boom. Here's some more life. Boom. Here's a month worth of life. Pow. Oh, Lord, I think you're trying to tell me something. I'm listening. Your servant listens, right? What about the edification of others? You know what happens when we're going through those hard times? Whatever the cause is, people are watching you. People are listening to you. Especially if you're a leader. Okay? But I don't want them to. I remember someone came to me one time and said, I've been watching you. Yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't say it, but I'm on it going, well, Stop! Don't do that. You're creeping me out, man. No, no, no. And I said, I've been watching you and your wife. And I know you've been going through hard times here. And yet you kept coming to church. You kept smiling. They didn't know I made myself smile half the time. They didn't know how much I had to make myself come to church sometimes. But people are looking at you and I. And they're watching us to gauge our reaction in situations of life. They're wanting hope. They're wanting to see if you can win in this thing. They want to see, because this is the thing, maybe they're going through the same thing and it's far worse. And you're their life preserver. You're the thing that they can reach on to. And, and hey, if they get pulled in, I'm, I'm, I'm towing along with them. There's hope. I can do that. If God can help them, He can help me. Amen? I can be comforted by that. And out of that good testimony in a trial, it encourages and strengthens them. Also, during trials and difficulties, think of this, beloved, that we are identifying with Jesus. He said, you will have in this life persecution and trial. Because I am. Because I do. And you're following me into that. You're following me. In fact, you're being persecuted Because you're identifying with me. And as we do that, we become more and more like Jesus. We sound more and more like Jesus. And that's good. That's a good thing. Amen. We don't think it's good. We don't think it's fun, but it's a good thing. 2 Corinthians 4 8 through 9 says, We're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed. We're not in despair persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Amen? That's not just some nice part of a song. That's written in the Bible for us. But we have to say that. We have to claim that. And I don't mean it's some kind of a name it, claim it, blab it, grab a thing. But in a deep understanding of faith and God and what He is doing. Not just the circumstances and events of what you're going through. It says in the third stanza of that song, Amazing Grace, through many dangers, toils, and snares. We've already come. Twas grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. You know, in those times when you feel weak, it is God's grace that gets you through. We don't see that. We don't feel that many times. But as we come up the other end, we go, how do we do that? How do we get out of that way? That's when someone turns you and says, man, I've been watching you and you're not the same. There's something extra added to you. What happened? It was God's grace. It was God's presence. Listen, God allows trials many times because it is during trials that we draw closer to Him. Amen? When we're closer to Him, what happens? We see the way He does. You know, if you ever go through a dark thick forest, even on a sunny day, all you see is trees. Right? All you see is individual trees. You, there are some places on this world, some forests, some jungles, where if you go into them, you don't even see the sun. You can't tell the direction uh, east, west, north, south from the sun because you can't see the sun. But if you were to climb a tree, if you were to send a drone up, right, above the trees, then you could see and when we have the same mind as God does, then we begin to see a bit more like He does. We begin to think, you know what? Okay, okay, this trial is for a purpose. It's not because I sinned. It's because God is trying to birth something in me. Maybe for myself, maybe a maturity, maybe it's growing. You know, we all have kids, and kids as they grow, they go through growth pains. Amen? Amen. I can remember in 6th grade, I'm in or not 6th grade, first, 6 years old, 6th grade, or 6 years old, 1st grade, thank you. And I experienced horrible growing pains. I mean so much that I did not want to go to school at all, and it wasn't because I didn't like school, it was because I was in so much pain. Another time it happened, I was in like, from 8th grade to ninth grade, I think I grew like 6 inches in the summer. Yeah, my parents didn't like that, thank God it was summer. You know, imagine having that happen after you get the school closed for the year. We just spent $200 on you. What do you mean? they're just Right? It hurts, but it has to happen. It's natural and normal for it to happen for you to be the size that your body's going to be. But it's painful, and you hate it, and it's debilitating. Sometimes trials in life that God plans are like that so we can grow closer to Him and be more like Him. Because when we're closer to Jesus, our perspective changes radically. And that's what God wants. He perfects us, and He perfects us by patience that is learned through trials and difficulties, through hard times. God shapes godly character. Our problem is we want the easy life. Right? People, how many people you got saved because of problems? Because you thought, if I become a Christian, it'll be easier. Now, listen, the Bible does say the way of sin is hard. The way of your own sin is hard. You, but listen, you can go through a hard time and have peace, but that doesn't mean everything's going to be hunky-dory. I'm not going to lie to you and say, if you get saved tonight, all your problems will be saved. You'll have the car you want, the wife you want, the kids you want, the house you want, the school you want, the job you want. No, you won't. But you'll have heaven. You'll have the promise of God's favor on your life. The, the, the demon that's haunting you now. The thing that you need to get delivered of, you can be set free and altered in a moment of time. God has the power to do that. Those things he can do, but that doesn't mean life is going to be easy. Millionaire's not going to call you up necessarily. You've won it! The million dollar, the lotto! I knew it's about time, finally. Listen, God is, is invested in us in being crafted and changed into his image. He doesn't want us to be lazier. Amen? He doesn't want us to be that way. He's trying to make us better. And so he is not so concerned with your comfort and my comfort. He's concerned with our character. Amen? And that sometimes is like a masterpiece sculptor chipping away at us daily. The parts we don't want them to touch. There's these guys called the skit guys. They do really good skits. They have one called the chisel. If you haven't seen it, check it out. You might identify with with yourself in it at some point. The guy says, "Oh God, shape me, change me." I, there's things in my life, and then God starts doing it. You know, and they, the guy's acting. As he has a child, ching ching. Ow, hey, what had that hurt? Yeah, but you asked me to change you, but that hurts. God, stop. Look, do you want to do it, or do you want me to do it? Okay, it's a good skit. You ought to see it. It's convicting. But that's what God does. He changes and sometimes it hurts and it's uncomfortable. But through it, we experience God's glory. Through it, we appreciate God. We appreciate the things of God, the spiritual things that truly matter only after we're hard-pressed. After we've felt perplexed. After we've been persecuted and struck down. It's only then that we realize, you know what? I didn't get crushed. That trial I thought was going to kill me... (sighs) I'm still alive. I still have joy. My kids are, I, my marriage is still good. I still love my wife and she loves me. I, I have faith rather than despair. That's the result. Listen, you find out that you know what? God really does have a good people in my church. And he didn't abandon me and neither did they. I have real friends, thank God, that I can count on. The trial we thought would kill us. And we're stronger because of it, not weaker. You know, I would say this. Those who during this whole COVID lockdown the last couple of years, that pressed into God, that during, you know, we didn't have church here, had to go in the parking lot and the video thing for a while. Those who pressed into God on their own, those who pressed into relationship and made an effort with others, I dare say that you're stronger and better now than you were before all that. Your finances were better. You're able to give more. All the, But then there's those who didn't press into God. Who didn't make the time, the extra effort to stay in close contact with these here. With brothers and sisters. And I dare say even now they're suffering for it. And they're trying to get... It's almost like you ride a bike and, and you fall off the bike. Okay, When I was a kid and got on my first bike, I, I think that thing was demon possessed like in the Cavanaugh House cartoon. I flipped over the handlebars one time and my whole body was nothing but road rash, man. And I didn't want to get on the bike, but I kept doing it. But some of those who refuse to press in, refuse to connect, you're like that kid that fell off the bike and don't want to get back on. But you got to get back on. you got to start sometime or you'll never learn to ride. Last thing I want to look at is seeing the unseen. In verse 18 it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Listen, heaven is real. There's so many things in the kingdom of God that we are not going to see with our earthly eyes. But we still can experience. And I'm not talking about, you know, going in and eating some peyote and you have a spirit quest and your mind's going, Woo! No, 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 no. I'm not talking about weird mystical stuff like that. I'm talking about things that God will show you. I so appreciate Evangelist Tony Chase speaking about dreams. There's dreams that people have, and even as he preached, he has rekindled them in you. And there's yet more dreams he wants to show you. That he wants to cause to come true in your lifetime, and in the lives of others. Amen? There's the power of God. You know, when God does a miracle of healing or convicting someone or even speaking to us, many times there's not immediately an external sign until the work is done. Right? Because life doesn't have special effects. You know? Someone's getting prayed for for healing. We don't see a glow. We don't see an angelic chorus going, oh, Right? When you've had a victory in life, when you're going through things in life, and, and maybe it's a dangerous thing, right? We don't hear we don't hear when 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 the devil's trying to kill us. Get out! We don't hear that, right? We've had victory and we have done something. We don't hear the, the the you know some kind of a John Williams soundtrack, dun, 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 dun. right? Coming back from outreach. No, we don't. We don't hear that. We don't see that. You know, you do something really awesome, right? And, and that the, the, the mighty cloud of witnesses that sees you, and they're in heaven going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we don't hear that. We don't think that. We go, oh God, I gave my last penny, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Right? We don't hear the applause of heaven. But, something in the spiritual has happened That we do sense and feel. And we can count on through faith. When God accomplishes His work, whatever it is, you see and experience the results. You've grown. You've been healed. You've been delivered. You've come closer to Him. You have a knowledge of God. What we many times need to do is we have to make a decision to refocus our vision. Your human vision is designed to be only focused really good on one thing at a time. If, you, if I look at my beautiful wife right now, all the rest of you are blurs, okay? Because she's who I'm focusing on. That's the way God wants us to. When we focus on Him, you can't see the problems of the world, right? When you focus your life on doing His will, all the other things, when the devil's trying to say, yeah, but, but you're this and this, trying to, trying to drag you down and make you think, you can, you can focus and say, I'm, I'm not that anymore. This is where I'm going. I'm not going there. We don't have eyes in the back of our head for a reason, We don't need to see where we've been. We need to see where we're at and where we're going. Same in the Spirit. Same with faith. Same with the walk of God. You know, anything, think of this, anything that is material, regardless of the sentimental value, the cost, the dearness to you, is not going to heaven with you. There's nothing wrong with money or material things, okay? They're tools that God gives us and, and blesses us. Can you imagine? I thought of this this afternoon. You save up for the dream house. You've just signed the papers. Do, 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 do. Rapture! Oh, oh. Some of you guys hate me right now. I can feel it. No! Shut up, Pastor! Don't say that! Don't say Go. Oh. Right? Listen, if it happens to anyone, that will happen to me. Okay? It just, you know. But what are you going to do? Are you going to be like Lot's wife? Send me back. I just bought that house. And now someone's going to live in it. Some sinner's going to go and it's going to get destroyed in the seven-year tribulation and I just bought it. Is that your mindset? That's going to happen to someone. Yeah. You get that car you finally wanted. That job. The business you finally wanted. Yes. And you're going to reward. Don't hate on me. Isn't that what we want to do in any ways? Just go to heaven? That's a small thing. But yet how much of ourselves, our power, do we expend worrying about that stuff? I'm not saying don't care. Don't be a good steward, okay? You need to be a good steward. But how much, how much weight do we put on that and not on the spiritual things? Hmm? Yeah, we need to take care of that. But what about souls? What about ministry? What about prayer? What about spending time in the Word of God? What about investing in your family? Compared to eternal those things, those things really don't matter. Light affliction. The question I will ask you is, what do you see? There's a Bill Gaither song. I'm dating myself. It's called, Get All Excited. And the lyrics are this, I'm not going to sing it for you. So you talk about people, you talk about places that don't really that are not important at all. You talk about weather, you talk about problems that we have here at home and abroad. But from I'm excited about a solution for the world. I'm going to shout and sing that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. If you're having a bad day, a bad month, a bad week, I want to take challenge you. Take time to think about God. And shout out that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Maybe you're tempted to complain and trouble. Recall how really bad it is. I want to challenge you. Talk more about Jesus. Because listen, faith has a language. Are you fluent in it? Are you becoming fluent in it? Talk about what you love and what you have a vision for. Amen? Talk about heaven. About what... What God is doing, what you can do, what He is doing, what He's going to do. Why not talk and brag about your brothers and sisters at church rather than gossiping? Brag about them. The Bible says we should boast about things of the Lord. Boast about what Jesus has done. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4, 13-14 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that He who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise you up with Jesus and and present us with you. One day we're all going to be before the throne of God. And anything in this life that's hard is going to be a light affliction. We'll look back and laugh and go... (laughs) I let that get me down. That that. Oh. We're gonna see. Man, I'm glad I made that decision. Cause you see how it plays out. In conclusion, there's a football game being played in Badger Stadium in 1982 in Madison, Wisconsin. More than 60,000 people were in attendance. The home team was losing, but out of the blue, during a, a timeout when play had paused, the fans were jumping up and rolling with excitement. Why? Because many of those in the stadium were listening on a big game broadcast on the radio that was 70 miles down the road. What they were listening to was the Milwaukee Brewers beating the St. Louis Cardinals in Game 3 of the 1982 World Series. Their team on the field is losing, and here it is. They were tuned into something better down the road. Listen, that is how we need to live our life Tuned into something better down the road. Tuned into something, a different wavelength that is happening at the same time of what God is doing. Can you do that tonight? See, the Christian life is like that for us today. Circumstances may not be ideal, but we're tuned into something better down the road. Place your hope in Jesus. Focus your eyes on heaven and what God's doing. And don't let the bad news, the difficulties of life cause you to despair cause you to lose sight of the promise of heaven and what God is doing about the glory of God we're going to experience here, that we get to experience here as well. I pray the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to what God is doing now so we can thank Him. Let's bow our head and close our eyes and respect to God, the person sitting next to you. Maybe you're here and you're